Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everybody. Good morning, evening, or afternoon, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. This, of course, is the Sports Anomies podcast, the podcast for you, whether you know anything or nothing about sports. My name is Lewis, and I'm one half of the podcast, here to talk today about the world of sport, what's going on, what's been happening. We've got three very, very, I think, emotion-driven stories, very sweet stories. Hope, how are you? Can I just say, you are so much better at the intro than I am. You get it spot on every single time. You've got a, a real flow of it. So thank you for that. And yeah, I'm well, thank you. Bit of a, a roller coaster last night. I think everyone is kind of recovering from it still. Well, obviously, I'm sure we'll touch on that uh, during the episode today. I've also recovered from COVID. I'm, I'm negative today, which is great. Bow, bow. That's what we like to hear. Only- Three days, oh. Lewis. Only three days. See, took me, but I hope you're, you're doing even better than me. That's fantastic news. That's the weird thing, though, isn't it? With COVID, some people recover in three days, some people take three weeks. So really glad to hear that you're all you're all well and up to speed and stuff. Good, good news. I've had a good week, to be fair. How's my, yeah, good week. Um, the highlight of my week was I bumped in to Fulham's number nine, Alexander Mitrovic, on a random street in London. <laughs> so there you go. I saw your picture of this. We need to share it on the Sports Dummies page. Yes, we absolutely will. Yeah, we know we definitely will. Yeah, so literally, hope I was walking along in like through London, just down in southwest London, not far from Fulham, to be fair. And I think actually I must have caught Mitrovic as he was leaving his flat or apartment or whatever he lives in, because the road was a dead end. So uh, we were kind of walking up there before the main turning. Anyway, mm. walking along, and out of the corner of my eye, I kind of you know when you see somebody and you're like, no, I know. I know. I, yeah. know, I know you, but I can't obviously be like, you know, I can't turn around with my googly eyes and be like, Ooh. so I had to kind of play it low key. Anyway, did the full sort of, as people watching on YouTube will say, did the sort of full head turn there. And I went, Mitrovic! And I got, <laughs> I got excited. And he ignored, well, not ignoring me. I think he was in a bit of a rush. You, you know, when people, you can tell people are kind of like, you know, on a roll. And he must or, get it all the time. Yeah, and given as well that he may have just come out of his house, I completely understand. So, Mitrovic, I'm very sorry, mate. But all in all, a really lovely top bloke. Um, you know, spoke to me for a couple of seconds, quick fist bump, wished him well for the season, got a photo. It was class. It was a yeah, it was great. It was great. You couldn't miss the opportunity. No, exactly. It, it would have been it would have been so poor if I turned around and had missed it. And why my notification? This is the right. 
for everyone listening, right, this is a fun fact for you all. We don't have to pause it. Why have, right, on a very, very different side note before we get into the podcast, why have Apple done something where when you put your laptop on Do Not Disturb, if you've got a Mac or MacBook, whatever you've got, why does it then put your phone on Do Not Disturb? Yeah, I don't need both. I want one or the other. I don't need both of them on Do Not Disturb. I didn't really even know ir- it done that. No, exactly. Until I found out a couple of weeks ago. It was really irritating. But anyway, there you go. Well, very my annoying. Mac doesn't even talk to my phone nowadays, which is really annoying because I like <laughs> the, the notes transferring over and they don't. And I'm like, well, so I'm sure I could sort that out in settings, but who's got the time? No, exactly. Boring. Wasted time. But anyway, Hope, <laughs> we're, we'll get rolling with story number one. And yeah, I think, Hope, you know, last week we kind of had one of the most interesting weeks of sports dummies. I'm going to argue that this week we've got three of the most wholesome and just very sweet stories to wrap up. Oh, quite I a like nice that. Week. Yeah, a nice week in August. We've got one absolute superstar who we're going to talk about, someone, um, a, a, his, a history maker, to be honest, to put it very bluntly, a history maker. And then two quite interesting stories that kind of cropped up in the news that I didn't know about. So, Story number one, Hope, we're talking about a man we've addressed before, and I'm going to give you a clue for everyone listening as well. Okay. He plays for Newcastle, and he wears a headband. Ah, I don't know what his name is, but he has that <laughs> floppy dreadlock at the front of his hair. Say say that, say that. it again, what you just said, when you first realised possibly who it was. What? You I went, don't know what his name is. No, but you made a noise. You went... Ah, Lance St. Maximan. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was quite that good. Was cheddar cheese? Well, I, I, well, I thought a cheese slice. I thought that was the only way that we were going to get there because you gave me the A, so I thought I'd roll with it. But yes, yeah, so I love we're, it. We're talking about Alan St. Maximan and a really great piece of news. I'm a bit sad that didn't like pop up more across social media platforms. Now. Alan St. Maximan, there's no doubt, is probably the most popular football player in Newcastle in the current squad. But he's definitely taking himself to another level, especially after his generosity of this season. And hope he could now be one of the GOATs because he actually was videoed buying toys for hundreds of children in a Newcastle shopping centre. Oh, bless him. Yeah. That's nice. What an absolute legend. So there's a guy called Adam Pearson, who is a, I think he's a vlogger. He's on Twitter. I don't know his exact account. Anyway, he actually vlogged the experience. And so the kids, he basically vlogs this thing about St. Maxman. I don't know what the arrangement was, but anyway, lots of kids seem to, to turn up in the shopping center, same time as St. Maxman. He took them into the shop, which is the entertainer, and they were allowed to buy literally anything they wanted. So as he as they walked in, he said, you can buy anything you like. And he stood at the till. They picked out their bits they wanted and they walked forward and bought their bits and left, which is incredible. And he signed shirts and a real, real great act of generosity. Now, this is a sweet story. I don't want to throw shade on the sweet story. But I'm going <laughs> to a little bit. Okay. I just hope that if he'd arranged with the vlogger for it to be filmed... This act of generosity. I hope it was the intention to encourage others to help those in need. And if he wasn't involved in the vlogging process, then I respect it. But it's like, you know, when people give people, homeless people money or food and they'll film it. And it's like, you're not doing that because you're being kind to that person. You're (laughs) looking for a pat on the back. I don't know if that's this situation is that. And I think you're going to say it's not. 
No, well, this is the thing, Hope. So what the way that Adam described, he was filming with Alan St. Maximan's brand. So I don't think it was, I, I don't think Alan went like, come film me, you know, come film me, buy, sorry, come film me, buy toys for little kids. It wasn't that. I think that actually they were doing some collab work over the weekend and Alan said, by the way, this is going on this event. You're more than welcome to join me. Um, and he vlogged it and to kind of, you know, highlight what had happened. But to be fair, Hope, this isn't a one-off. So Alan is not the man that's that's kind of just casually done this for fun or it's a very random event. He's actually a very, very generous football player and i didn't know about this to be fair but there are two occasions he's actually gifted watches to fans after wins now wow. on the opening day against nottingham forest newcastle for this season newcastle won 2-0 he actually gifted uh i think it was a dad and son hard to tell anyway but anyway a fan and son um his rolex from the opening day and actually <laughs> my face but, like that. <laughs> i know and, and then <laughs> He actually did the same back in December 2021. He gave a fan his tag er. So he's not, he, this kind of isn't a one off act. So we wanted to kind of highlight the fact that there are football players out there who are good people. But the question, Hope, as kind of the point I was going to talk about with you and my overall thoughts is do you think that more football players or more sports men and women in general that have lots of money, should more people be doing this? And actually, equally, as you've said, should more events like this be publicised for other people to kind of act on? Because there are plenty of well-known footballers like Sadio Mane and Mo Salah, to name two, who are heavily, heavily involved in their respective countries and doing things. So Mo is known for pumping lots of money into Egypt, equally Mane with Senegal. And that's just to name two footballers. There are countless footballers who do the same thing. But do you think that these things should be highlighted in the public? what's your yeah what's your take on that i think anyone with the means to do so should be helping people in need so without being a footballer or, or not it's like for example for me when i lived in london right um when i first moved there i had an overdraft and i had a bank account and i had a job i used to walk to work and i used to work uh chancery lane and this isn't me this is not this is not me going Woohoo, look at me i'm generous I'm just trying to explain the, the process. So I used to work chancery lane and I used to walk to work and I used to always walk past homeless people every single day going to my office. And I'd make myself a packed lunch, but I'd end up giving my packed lunch to those people in the morning because I just figured I've got the, I've got the means to go and buy myself something and these people haven't. So I think it's a case of if you've got the means to help someone in any which way, that actually applies to not only just monetary value, but in terms of like supporting other people emotionally or any which way, if you've got the means to do so, if you in yourself are steady and you're okay, then I definitely think you should extend an olive branch. I don't think it should be publicised in the case of, look at this great person. And I don't necessarily, and this might, this might backfire, but I don't necessarily think toys are what people should be giving no i understand that hope i i, I do get no, that what i mean but, but equally i think you know at the end of the day kids are kids you know if, if as an yeah. example right if he was buying for adults and he was buying them oh, i don't know like like fifa points or you know football cards whatever something really kind of irrelevant in the grand scheme when you get older i understand but for children mm. i don't know what else you'd be buying them and equally you know the, the truth is hope that a lot of the kids there may not have, you know, they may not have been able to afford what they were buying. Some of the items were racking up a quite a significant amount. And actually, that could have been their treat for the year. And actually, Alan having the means to do that, given he's a Premier League footballer on, a, I mean, an enormous wage per week, you know, he has the means to, to do that. But I think actually, it's quite sweet that he's, you know, it, it wasn't just like three or four kids. Hope. It literally is hundreds of kids. And equally, as I said, he's given away two watches. And the truth is, 
you know, some footballers don't even give the time of day to fans. You know, they'll walk past, they won't sign shirts. Allen's going out his way to make fans feel special, but also to, and I think it's, yeah, I think it's a really great thing. And I just thought really touched me actually, because you don't often see footballers, you know, people might go to hospital visits or they might go and do charity work in terms of at, with a club, but to go out of your way to give away your own possessions for others is, is a great act of, yeah, great, great act of service. It's a good marketing strategy. Well, yeah, there's no, that's true as well. And I mean, <laughs> I mean, definitely, and it definitely builds his, you know, rapport in, 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 in the world of Tineside. Um, but actually, I feel like, yeah. it, sorry, go on, go on, sorry. No, 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 that, that literally, I was about to say, they're about to kick off in 13 minutes. So they'll be hoping, hey. in, they're playing Man City. So big game, we're recording well, on Sunday. In terms of like, um, what we say, in terms of that whole thing, I feel like I've got a quite a pessimistic view compared to you. Mm. And that might be because I didn't see the video yet. So maybe if yeah. I saw it, I'd be like, oh, that is lovely. I just, I don't know. It, it doesn't make me feel like emotional. Oh, no, not emotional, Hope. I just thought it, it touched me a bit because, you know, it's so common nowadays to see footballers and people in, in the sporting world that don't necessarily give their time to fans or equally, you know, you might see some footballers who will sign the odd shirt and stuff but will walk past fans or, you know, one thing that always, always annoys me, Hope, the one thing that does my head in is when fans travel away to clubs, whether you're going 10, 20, 100, 500 miles, whatever it is, you know, there are fans hope that travel up and down the country week in, week out to follow their team. And this is football. You know, this can be any sport. It isn't just football, but giving yeah. a football perspective. You know, I've been part of, I've been part of supports before in the away end with different clubs and stuff where fan, where the players haven't clapped. And at the end of the game, you, you've traveled all that way. You've spent your time up there. You spent your money to get there and blah, blah, blah. And, players turn around and don't clap and they don't come and say, you know, thank you and stuff. That's not disrespectful, but it's very disheartening. And so I think giving back in a very different way is actually very rewarding because for players, I think they are acknowledging the fans, but the fans also feel recognised because you want to feel recognised by the players. You don't necessarily have to, you know, you have to be best mates with Big Alan, you know, you're not going around to his birthday party like you are having a barbecue today. But I think you do, there is definitely an element where I think it's quite special having a player at your club who really values the community he's a part of and is invested in, the, yeah, in the local community. First thing, can you give an example of someone who, uh, a footballer who does blank their fans? Oh goodness. Well, I think it depends on the result, Hope, to be fair. Um, when have I ever, okay, let me think about games where I've seen, oh goodness. Just like, is there someone who's notorious? Because what my point was then going to say, if they've just lost a game or if they're, as a sports person, and I mean, I'm going to refer to it. We saw AJ yesterday lose his head at the end of his fight, right? And that that was an accumulation, if that's the right word, of pressure on his shoulders, his reputation, the belief behind him, all of that stuff and the cracks showed because he was just so emotional and the pressure got the better of him. And in those situations, you can become emotional. So if you've just lost a uh, lost a football match, you might not want to say thanks to the fans because you're thinking, nah, I'm so mad. I just need to go away from this situation. I'm too emotional to even think about it. Also, there might be footballers who think, I just want to do my job. I didn't ask the fans to come, which is not okay. But you might have someone who's got that opinion where it's like, look, I'm just doing what I love doing. I don't care if you're here or not. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, to be fair, I can't give any specific examples, but I have, as I said, I have been to games where even not necessarily, um, in, yeah, I, I can't think of any actual examples 
in that sense. But I've, I've experienced it myself and I have. I think the one thing that I experienced where it was quite poor was when I went away with Ipswich to Millwall. And again, that was slightly different because they got battered and we left early and it was raining and it was cold and miserable and stuff. I think we left on the 75th minute. You know, they, they, the keeper got lobbed from like 25 yards. And at that point, you're thinking this is terrible. So my thought hope is you're right. You're right. That that is true. If you, if I, or if we put ourselves, both of us, in the shoes of players, men and women, whoever, if you get absolutely hammered on a cold Tuesday wet night, or equally a Saturday and it's dark in December, whenever, you might not necessarily want to. But oh, I think I can't think of anything worse than that. No, exactly. Or you know, or you could see the you could see the ninety third minute, you know, a consolation. Oh, sorry, you score a ninety third minute consolation goal, whatever, and you lose six one. I think I get why players get frustrated and stuff. Absolutely, but. I just think this story was really special because actually it shows that there are players that do care. Some, You're right, some players are very much focus-driven, quiet players, don't necessarily give it large on the pitch. But Sir Maxman has always been known as someone that's like, you know, he's got pizzazz, he's got flair. Um, but you're right, and there's no denying that. Equally, if I was a football player and my team lost 4-0 and I've got to go over and clap the fans and I feel completely embarrassed by my performance probably not gonna you know you're not gonna want to do that and so i do i do get that i I do completely understand also there might be an element of if someone feels like they've played badly they might think the fans are going to be criticizing them yeah which is which is they might not want to go over because they think well no i played really badly i've I've let the fans down no exactly but all in all good on St. max man for buying those kids toys um and we wish him well for the season because he's an absolute baller so yeah i think it turns out that he likes to thank people for supporting him yeah, absolutely. And I think that's great because, you know, he's showing his, yeah, his well wishes really. To, yeah, his gratitude and his, he, you know, his generosity to people as well for giving back. Because the truth is, he is the main man at Newcastle. The fans absolutely adore him. Um, and I'm sure that this will get him many more plaudits from, yeah, the Black and White Army. So is he the main man or is Callum Wilson? Because Callum Wilson's on always, always on the billboards, always on the adverts, the main man. The, but the figurehead, though, but Hope, number 10, Newcastle. Like, you know, you've got to think this man, like, he, no, Hope, he's the man. Callum Wilson is good, but he's always injured. So, Sir Maximan is the man. Like, I think he's the man for sure. Um, but oh, there you go. always someone called Callum Wilson. Did you? Yeah, isn't that weird? That is funny. There you go. Well, that yeah. is story number story one. Story number one. Oh, I was trying to do it at the same time as you. Damn it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> story number two Lewis yes quite an interesting one something that again wasn't really necessarily in the news I thought was quite interesting and again going on the note of generosity and stuff very special so we're talking about an interesting combination here and one that I would never have put together we're talking about the Duchess of Cambridge Kate Middleton mm-hmm. and Roger Federer I know the name Roger Federer but I don't know what he does tennis <laughs> Yes, well done. For anyone listening, I did like an action of sort of swinging. He looked like he was um, swatting a fly, but I got yeah, it. So I did, there we go. Like whacking a wasp. We, it, should you know. a, we should do Pictionary and you can be on my team. We, I think we do well to be fair. I think we would do I well. I think we would but, do well. But yeah, the Duchess of Cambridge is actually taking on, or should I say teaming up, with tennis legend Roger Federer. And this is actually to raise money for disadvantaged children um, for the LTA Tennis Foundation and for Action for Children. Well, there you go. Yeah, very sweet. So, How has this come about? So this is the thing. Um, now we're going to start, we're going to do again a bit of sports with because something that I didn't know about actually, but I think this will tie very nicely in. So children between the ages of 8 and 15 are going to get the opportunity to play tennis alongside Federer. Now this Ooh. is going to take place while something called the Lever Cup is going on. Now for those that don't know, and in fact I didn't actually know because this is relatively new in the tennis world, not brand new, but coming, you know, coming to kind of light in the tennis world, something that's growing in um uh what's the word 
growing in pop growing in popularity lavishy Yes. The Me Labour acting Co- like I knew what you were going to say and I literally had no help. And then when you said popularity, I knew popularity. You know when people do that and they say something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might be a gym from uh, Vicar Dibley. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. I haven't watched that. You've never seen Vicar Dibley? No, it's like I haven't seen... There's that song that you sang last in season two, which I've never heard. Oh, no. What was it? No, I don't know. There was a song that you... I you don't hadn't... get my references a lot. Is no, it from different... age? I promise you. When did the Vicar of Dibley first come on air? Because I mean, I for, it was old for me. It's not my thought. I'd, I'd like... rather watch SpongeBob. You know, like, not... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like Christmas. You don't like watch it at Christmas time. I'm going to Google it quickly. There we have the Vicar of Vicar Dibley. of Dibley. No, no, not no. not going to go back and watch it. No. <laughs> first episode. Oh, my spelling's so bad. Uh, episode one. When was this? Uh oh, sorry. Bear with. Don't when worry. was the first episode? Tenth of November, nineteen ninety four. Yeah, not my time. There you go. Sorry. Not my time either. Not my time either. No, but how old were you then? You weren't then. I was like... in my dad's balls. <laughs> Brilliant. For lack of a better phrase. I, I'm, I'm trying to think about. Okay. I was not, not, that was three years before I was born. There you go. Right. That makes sense. You were 97. So that would, okay, going off that logic, right? Let's say that was running from whenever. So logic would say, going off that note, okay, when you were growing up, i.e. when you were five, six, seven, eight, however, however long this series aired for, you were growing up, you probably remember that. Bearing in mind, I only was born in 2001. So the odds are, by the time that I had grown up, it probably didn't exist. Well, it wasn't. 2001, that is mad to me. See? That's not okay. <laughs> that's unsettled that's unsettled me that yeah it threw you well, I didn't mean to throw you oh um, man anyway back to the story because I need to get off this off this track of mine because I'm freaking out don't worry, no, don't worry well yes the Labour Cup so it actually is it's quite interesting I I find this quite it's quite a weird sort of thing I understand it Um, so it's an indoor hardcore men's tennis tournament but it's a bit like we've seen with the golf, it's Team EU versus the world. But the only and thing is, there's, there's going to be eight-year-olds doing this. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, wait, wait, no, no. We, 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 we got. Wait, okay, wait, okay. This we're going was, back to the origins. This was the problem, right? We're going to go back. So, hope I'm going to go sport to dummies again. I'll shut my pie hole. The Labour Cup was set up by Roger Federer. So Roger Federer is not taking part. Sorry, he's taking part in the. Oh tournament. my gosh! But, 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 but. but the children aren't involved. This is a men's tournament. This isn't, you know, the whole point is the thing I was saying about children were these are children that will be, I don't know, either disadvantaged children or children that are put forward. I don't know how the that process works. But anyway, they're going to get the opportunity to play with Federer while the tournament is going on. So it's a side thing. It's like it's like a side quest. You know, when you've got, you've got a game and you're going through and you've got a little side quest of, you know, high five a sponge. I don't know, whatever, you know. That's and it's, it's a media opportunity for Roger. Well, exactly. So, <laughs> so I'm the, so pessimistic today. I don't know what's going on with me. I'm like, everyone's out for the media. There's a marketing. I think, I think it's because you're it's because you're sad that your mate AJ bottled it, and now you're absolutely fuming. But anyway, um, <laughs> do you know what? Oh, no, I, should, I can't even say this on podcast. No, we'll get we'll get we'll get to that later. Oh, um, I'll say, I didn't mind who won. Okay, well there you I go. Was I te- quite, even I though even you. even though AJ was British, I was quite happy for you sick to take it. So, yeah, that's all the same. There you go. Well, yeah. But yeah, the, the Labour Cup Hope, come back to the tournament, and then we're yes. going to round this off, is yeah. it's Team EU versus the world. But the only weird thing, Hope, is that the Team EU is going to include Nadal, 
Djokovic and Federer, which means they have the three. It's equivalent of having versus Team World, who aren't bad. They've got a couple of players, you know, to name some for tennis fans maybe listening to the podcast. We've got Diego Schwartzman, Taylor Fritz. So some big name players. But I hope it's the, it literally is the equivalent of putting Messi, Ronaldo and Mo Salah. And then like like Alan Samaxaman. Alan to Max Van and Callumwell, it's a bit like that. It's a little bit biased. But anyway, the focus I, isn't on this tournament. Oh, go on, you've gone. Just question. You know how, like, a lot of the time now, you have, like, European tournaments. So the other day I was watching, uh, there was, like, a European, there was swimming going on. And yes. I was also watching, uh, well, Eurovision. You find those countries that sneak in there who aren't actually in Europe. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? It's like, why is Australia in the Eurovision song, Eurovision song, Eurovision song, can't say it, Eurovision song. Eurovision I don't know, it literally wasn't even English. Eurovision song. It's like a motorbike. Eurovision song contest. <laughs> Australia, what are you doing? You're not in Europe. Can I ask, is this tournament actually separated into Europe and world? Or are there any worlds that have snuck in there and said, oh, I want to be in Europe this time? No, Hope, it is, it is Europe versus the world. That's right. The more the merrier. I'm not being it, like, stop it, get out of our contest. Get him out. <laughs> we don't want to be only Europe. You know, Hope, hope this I'm not team this... <laughs> Nigel Farage UKIP. All I'm saying is they should change the name. Because no, the name does not match the product. That's all I'm saying. But taking away all the frustration of all the things going on. Um, yes. Now, the game and proceeds hope. So sort of this um, this tournament, which is the Labour tournament. So some of the money will actually fund, so for tickets that are sold, will actually fund 50 LTA training programmes, which is fantastic. And all money that's raised from the Labour Cup open practice, now that's going to take place before the tournament begins, will actually be divided between the charities, which is fantastic. So the interesting thing is that kind of, no one knows what this is going to look like just yet, but by the sounds, kind of the two main points to kind of take away those listening on Sports or Dummies is going to be the Duchess of Cambridge is going to play against Federer and Federer is going to play with children. Um, so that's the point. So the the the, the Duchess, I wouldn't say the Highness, but it's not the Highness, it's the Duchess. Very com- This is the Your thing. Highness. I mean, I, if the Queen Royal- wants to give it a go... Why not? <laughs> I was say royal. Too many royal words for me. But yes, the Duchess on the one hand is playing against Roger, and we're also going to have children playing with Roger too, which is fantastic. Has so she yeah, got a it, background of tennis. And I hope you beat me to it because actually she does. Now, interestingly, she actually played with Emma Raducanu last year behind closed doors in a private game. I don't think that really? was necessarily. Yeah, it sounded like it was kind of more of a casual thing because she is actually a patron of the Wimbledon All. England tennis club so she is involved that is why hope for the Wimbledon final she was there with Prince George and whoever the other people were Harry what, what's he called William William um I always get them mixed up I don't know no exactly but the other fun thing is Roger has as in Roger Federer has actually taught her son Prince George before they actually had a bit of a game at some point and Roger said that um, I hope George he was allowed to wear a uh, tennis clothes rather than a suit for that occasion <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he probably would have been his, you know, he's wearing his all whites for the occasion. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's always at these, poor kid, he's always at these events and he's all suited and booted. It must be so uncomfortable for him, little lad. 
yeah, it can't it can't be very nice. But yeah, on that note, hope it's it's really great that actually they're doing this and some of the money is going towards it because it'd be very easy for Roger to kind of make the tournament all about him because I didn't actually say, but the Labour Cup is actually set up by him, so it's his idea. It was his kind of concept. I don't I feel know like you how. Just say that. Maybe I did say that. Well, if I did say that, I told you again. Um, <laughs> just, but yeah, all in all, just to back up that claim. <laughs> just to back up the claim and the claim, you know. Um, but, but yeah, <laughs> this episode is all over the shop, and I love it. It is absolute scenes. Um, but yes, so the Duchess will be taking on Roger, and I think it's really great they're doing this. I think it's great that he's kind of up for it, and she is also because it'd be very easy for him to, you know, to go, you know, we've got a big tournament against blah blah blah, whoever. Um, or, you know, if, if he turned around and said, right, we've got a charity game, me versus Djokovic, actually getting someone else involved that isn't necessarily in the world of tennis is quite fun. And I think it will definitely raise um, eyebrows. People will definitely watch. Although I did read one stat. I didn't go into too much depth with it. But by the sounds, it sounds as if the tickets for the practice and the actual tournament cost a bit like Wimbledon ridiculous amounts of money. But tennis is, no is like one of those sports, isn't it? It's like croquet. Exactly. Or so, horses. It's like they're the like expensive sports. Yeah. That you need be- money to be involved in. Um will it be broadcast? And who do you see winning? Good question. Now we don't know hope. Again, as I said, it's kind of it sounds a lot like it's behind closed doors, so it's not entirely clear how it's gonna work. I suspect it will be filmed and published in some capacity. Um I don't know. I mean, because at the end of the day, it's like one of those memes, isn't it? Where you know when you see like sportsmen who kind of like chill out and then try really or could try really, really hard. Like it's the sort of game where he might play really casually and sort of just breeze through, or equally, he might absolutely decimate her so it could go either way i'd like to think that kate could do it i think it'd be fun if she could win and equally it might be fun also if she had a little like rotation thing where she went off a bit and george came on to play and then you know like you you could make it quite fun or you could do something where um you could you know if she wasn't playing well you could sub her out and get him william or whatever i don't know there are cool things you could do with the idea of having the royals involved but I mean, I can't, because it's a friendly, it doesn't really sort of matter. And I, I, but I think he'll try. I think it'd be embarrassing if he got showed up by, you know, someone that doesn't necessarily play tennis. Well, if he tries too hard, William might jump in and say, all right, that's enough, mate. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that hope is story number two. Number two. Another act of uh, generosity. Tried to match you again there. Failed again. Let's try to do this together. And now on to story, story number three. Story number three. Oh, so no. like, on a kid's presenter show. And we're back. CBB. You know, it's like flipping egg. Like Let's try one more time. One, two, three. Story number, Story three. number three. Great. You were um, behind me, but there we go. Anyway, I'm excited three. for this one. <laughs> this, is be <laughs> this is not a voice audition. All right. Sorry. I will say, Lewis Pierce, you are a meme. Hey! I, <laughs> I am a meme. Although the person we're talking about next is not a meme, Hope, because she is a history maker. We're talking about. A woman that fought last night in Saudi Arabia. Ah! Ramla Ali won the first female-sanctioned fight in Saudi Arabia, of course, on the Usyk versus Joshua undercard, which we can talk about, Hope. Although what I will say is this fight was much more interesting, even though it lasted one minute and five seconds. This was a much more interesting fight, I would argue, than the main than the main card. That's bold. I is that because by. of the history that, that it's making? The fact that it's women, well, yeah, the, the fact the that his- it's in Saudi? Yeah, the history it's making. Rather but than also the performance. The fact... Well, the performance was amazing, to be fair. Ramla absolutely smashed it. Did you see that? Have you seen the knockout, Hope? Yeah, I know. I watched it. Yeah. I wasn't and... that, like... I mean, it was good. But it was the she, clean... I don't think she... It was, it, was, it was a good knockout. But even she was like, 
I need to go back and do some more work on the pads. I don't think the opponent was up for it. They didn't. She, the opponent didn't even try to get up. No, that is true. And to be fair, when that and the, when the, the opponent wasn't like doctors rushing to her, she no. was just like. No, that is true. I mean, to so be fair, for me, I, it, yeah, I, I think if that knockdown, if that knockout happened, and then she got up, and then there was a bit more, and then it happened again, that would have been more entertaining for me. Okay. I mean, you're right. And she did downplay the win. You know, she said, feel like I need to do more, uh, some more on the pads. Don't think I got out of first gear. And that's true. It looked very comfortable for her. It was very, very quick. But that knockout in slow-mo was the the wide shot where you can see the gum shield fly out. It was unbelievable. What a clean punch that was. Um, but now, of course, she intends to rest and heal because she has been fighting with a yeah fractured wrist wrist and toe which is like very interesting and very sore um but yeah she's of course got seven from seven wins and it sounds as if eddie hearn is properly backing her going forwards because Mm -hmm. he is confident he thinks there's gonna be a world championship fight in 2023 for sure and was also stated saying i'm convinced she'll be a world champion but hope the reason why i wanted to talk about ramla ali was actually because not necessarily about this fight but about her story because of all women to kind of set this amazing history and a night which won't be forgotten ever i imagine in boxing history she is an absolute inspiration. So for those listening, it's kind of a bit of a sports economy's history lesson. She was born in Mogadishu, which is the capital of Somalia in the 90s. Now, as some listeners may know, some of the older listeners that we have, uh, Hope may potentially remember this. If Oh, she probably won't because she wasn't born. But actually, you were born at the time it was going on. Um, Somalia actually descended into a civil war in the 1980s. So there was quite a big civil war. I was not in alive 1980s. in the 1980s, Lewis, just to confirm. Yeah, but it might, if it went on, you would have... Oh, right, 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 right. I just want got... people to know that I, I know, like, do you know what I mean? I know I'm very wise. I know I've got <laughs> smile lines near my eyes, but I'm not 1980, baby. Carry on. <laughs> but yes, so the Civil War was going on in the 1980s. And very sadly, her eldest brother at the time when the Civil War was going on was out playing in their garden and actually died due to a stray grenade. So a grenade landed in their garden. Um, sadly... I can't remember the exact details. And again, I won't quote it, but they tried to take him to a local hospital. The hospital was too far away and sadly he passed away, which is terrible. And so in mourning, the family fled the country and they then fled to Kenya by a boat. And they actually went like like refugees do on a treacherous journey where people died on the way. They lived in Nairobi for a bit and then her parents moved to London. Wow. So yeah, they moved to London a few years later and she actually joined a gym in London at age 13. I may have got this wrong. Um, I think my mum told me this, but her, her husband is in her team. I don't know if it's her trainer or her manager, but her husband's always in her corner. Oh, wow. I didn't I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah, interesting. Mm, don't quote well, me. Well, there you go. I mean, she's... <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Fun, fun fact of the day. Um, but yeah, I mean, she obviously, as you said, defeated Crystal Garcia Nova. So I actually think, Hope, of all the things that happened, and again, we can talk about AJ in a minute, but I just thought this was such an amazing story we had to highlight because what an incredible inspiration Ramla is. But also, lots of people don't know her story. And I think that just added to this amazing achievement because, as I said, of all the boxers and, of course, women, to land the first fight and land the first win in Saudi Arabia, there's no one that deserved it more than her. So well done, Ramla. Incredible, incredible inspiration. Fantastic. Yeah. And hope- <laughs> Fantastic. I was going to say, um, yes. obviously you watched the fight night. I'm assuming you watched the whole shebang. I hope. What other fights did you, on the card, which other fights did you enjoy? I didn't watch. I'll be honest. This was the only fight I watched. You didn't even watch AJ? 
No, I went to bed. Hope because I said to everyone, I hope you have to listen to me. I said, I said to everybody from day one. I said, I can, you can quote me. I was at work. I said there is not a chance AJ's going to win. Not a chance. There wasn't. Honestly, it was going twelve rounds nailed on, and Usyk was going to win. You just knew it. The only way, the only, only, only way that AJ was going to land any form of win was a knockout. And I just thought via body shot. I reckon. Yeah, or exactly. It could have been, but my my feeling was. I wasn't willing to to spend twenty six pounds fifty whatever and stay up for an hour and a half two hours to see an inevitable outcome. And I'm not doubting. Don't get me wrong. On a different night, AJ could have done it. But I think, given the fight last year and how confident Usyk was and how easy of a win it was, it's a sort of game. Sorry, sort of fight you're looking at. Going, the odds of it swinging this year, I don't know. And so I just I didn't watch it. I didn't refuse to. There you go. Wow. There you go. I felt bad earlier saying that I was in the middle, whoever won. But no, oh. <laughs> no, but but I don't. But hope, and I, but I don't get me wrong. I'm not being critical. I'm not being cynical of of AJ in any no, way. I do. You just I, felt I, like no. it wasn't worth. No, it, because it wasn't it wasn't worth the the money. It just felt too. It wasn't in your head. It wasn't a 50-50 fight. Is what you're saying? No, because because if you look at the odds as well, and that's I don't always care about that. But if you look at the talk up and everything, it was like it's not as if AJ in the meantime between the fight had turned around and beaten someone like Derek Chisora or whoever. He hadn't done that, and I think the twelve the months pressure- out. No, eleven months. No, was it eleven or twelve months out of the ring since his, yeah. since the last fight of Usyk? Is a long time. A long time. And also, hope on top of that, you've got to think too, you know, that was in his home country. That was in the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. This is in Saudi Arabia, where some fans did go, I know. I just felt that, uh, yeah, I, I just didn't feel really the impulse to watch it. I think, of course, if it was Fury against Joshua or Fury, you know, Fury, Usyk, I'd have tuned in. But I just, I feel really sorry for him because, you know, his career was on the line. And of all the fights to, to go up against for the title, again, I'm sure if it was Fury, it would been the same outcome, sadly, because I think they are just a level, a class above Joshua. But I just didn't feel it was worth my time because actually the, the, the outcome just looked so obvious. It's kind of, you know what it's like, Hope, to be fair, if I put it to you like this. It's a bit like when Man City play in that you know what's going to come. You know Man City are going to... They don't yeah. always win, but when they play at home, when they're playing at a, 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 what you class as a weaker opposition, most people will play bingo on when they're going to score first, how many they're, how many they're going to score. You know, Are the opposition even going to have a shot in their own box? It's that sort of feel where it's like, it just felt that the odds were too much against him. Um, and I am, I do feel sorry for him. And I think kind of, as you said earlier, the whole act of him blowing up at the end was really sad because it was it was just the pressure had got to him and the whole, um, the whole uh, night and the fiasco that happened in the ring, that was it. It just, it set a switch off that, and that's what happened. Yeah. I don't really know what to say. <laughs> I don't really know what to say to that. No, I, no, um, I completely. I, I understand. I, I don't think. I don't think we need to really. I well, didn't not- know until until last night, and until I actually got into boxing more for my for my work and studied Usyk. I didn't know how good of a fighter he was. He was so enjoyable to watch last night. He's so hoppy. He's like, I've never seen a fighter in, in behave in the manner that he does. He's so slippery and tricky. Oh, um, and. Yeah, it just it just wasn't enough, and I do. Yeah, I feel bad. I feel bad for AJ, um, and I'm sure that he's absolutely gutted. But I think we can all respect and say those who watched it, excluding Lewis. I've seen the highlights. Let, all right, 
He did put all his, he put us all into it. And that's probably what upset him more because he knew there was nothing else that he could do. He just wasn't good enough. Mm. And that's that right. But, but Hope, I, I also feel as well, to be fair, that it's hard because I think, again, this is also why it annoyed me too, to an extent, and why I was less inclined to watch it. Because I think when you've got, you know, when it's Fury versus Usyk, you know, the level of fighters, how good they are, and what that means in terms of if Fury loses, that's it for his career. And if he wins, he'll be regarded as one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. But even still, the only the problem I had with Usyk, and it's not a negative about him, but it is just that, as we saw last night, weight class and height is in like the disparity between mm-hmm, mm-hmm. between Joshua and Usyk is massive, and it reminds me a lot. Like you know, you you can look up YouTube videos where you see like you know sumo wrestler takes on um ninja Chihuahua. sort of thing. exactly, and, and 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 you see you know, and I'm not saying for one moment that Usyk wasn't necessarily super quick, but you're right, he's an amazing fighter to watch because he's so nippy and fast. And even watching the highlights, his stance, his technique, everything is so good. But the truth is. That goes against, like, in terms of a heavyweight fight, that's not what Joshua's up against. You know, that's that's not the style. In terms of the speed, it's quite like, you know, it's like pushing, I don't know how to, do you, know, do you get what I'm saying? Like, it, it's, well, it's just they, a bit unfair. They said that um, in terms of sparring partners, it's impossible to find anyone who matches Usyk. So it's really hard to train for yeah. him. Um, but in terms of those kind of advantages, which obviously didn't didn't pay off, AJ was younger. AJ's got a longer reach. AJ's heavier and AJ's taller. So he had all of that. I don't know. It was it was interesting to watch. Um I enjoyed it. And That's good no. And to be fair, the fight it, yeah. I think it was be- definitely better than last year, there's no doubt. Last year's fight was oh, terrible. AJ had improved leaps and bounds from last year. But what was interesting yeah. is that in the build up to this fight, I watched um like a video a documentary on the first fight and the kind of rematch and blah blah blah. Um the Saudis did not um like they didn't hold back on spending money. There was lots of content out there that would have been very expensive to make. Anyway, my point is, he was saying that last fight, his corner was saying to him, stay behind your jab, because the plan was to stay behind his jab the whole time. You're winning, you're winning. And they kept saying you're winning. So if you actually watch that first fight when they hold the hands up, AJ's genuinely shocked because he didn't think that he was losing the fight. This time, early on... um. Okay, maybe there were some rounds that he nip, nipped away. But I heard his corner say, again, different corner because he changed his trainers. Yeah. He's got Robert Garcia in. Um, his corner was saying, stay behind the jab. You're winning. And it was like, this is deja vu. But anyway, that's that. Yeah, it's history now. And don't get me wrong, Hope, the fight in terms of for Usyk, it's an incredible win. You know, he is such a good boxer, as you said, especially in a category where he is not out of his depth necessarily, but of course he is against the odds in truth. But of course, was that a massive a massive result? So we'll have to wait and see whether he takes on, a, on Mr. Tyson next. Also, um, my dad didn't know that. Me and my mum told my dad and he was like, no, that's not true. And he was like getting all shirty with us. And we were like, yes, it is true. Usyk was on the front line not so long ago. Yeah, he was. Absolutely. Fighting against Russia. So, like, huge respect for the man. Like, yeah. I, oh, he's, he's one of my faves now. I really like him. And his hair looks like the genie out of Aladdin. <laughs> and I'm so here for it. It is legendary. No, and even even seeing even seeing those photos that really emerged afterwards, didn't they? Or even before as well, but mainly after, about kind of people did actually forget, I think, and breeze over the fact that he was on the front line for Ukraine. Is an inc- Like, again, what an incredible story for him. What an incredible man. Um, and we wish him all the best. And to be fair, if he does eventually take on Tyson, whatever's going to happen with that, that will be an 
unbelievable fight. Well, he said he's not fighting unless it's. He said he's not fighting unless it's Fury. Yeah, and, and so Fury I, come out last night saying, "I'm not retired. I'm going to." Yeah, but we know how I feel about that. Fury anyway. At the minute, it's just annoying. Yeah. But yeah, I, and don't get me wrong. I think on back on the note just quickly of AJ, I am really sorry for him, and I hope in some way he can. He'll come back. I yeah, and, and he can he can sort of you know resalvage his career in some way, and that actually he can he can bounce back. But I just think that he needs to be. And again, I'm not someone. I'm not the biggest boxing fan, so I can't I can't walk around and say that I know everything because I don't. But from the things you know, I spoke to someone yesterday, and actually, it's like when you look at Fury's opponent, someone like Usyk, he needs to fight people that are on his level, that are going to be proper heavyweights. There aren't going to be like kind of they can push to it, but they're not really. You know, I want him fighting people like Derek Chisora, whoever, that are going to be like you know tough like tough opponents. But anyway, that's just my yeah. Take. But what's the point? Well, the exactly. Point, surely the point yeah. is to become world champion. So if you can't do it, what's the point? No, I know. Well, that's the that's the trouble. That exactly. might be that's... that might be an ignorant that might be an ignorant what thing to say because fighting is life. But, but, but do you know what I mean? Truly, if you can't does, beat the best, he does face a tough task now because, as we've said, he isn't going to beat the best, which is true. But there also is something quite great in you know he did brilliantly for GB. Why can't he just be a great boxer who doesn't have to be the best? And I think that's the other thing too about sport, which is sad, is that sometimes people put pressure on yourself. I mean, in, in the world of sport and money and all that stuff, yes, you have to be the best. But actually, as long as you are doing your best and you're proud of what you do, I know obviously after last night, um, Joshua said that he might not be and Fury completely criticised him. But the fact, and as most of the world did, and he got memed in different ways, which is really sad because the fact is he did his best. As you said, he put everything in the ring and he couldn't give it. And that's a shame. But And, and yes, he, he shouldn't have had the mic and he shouldn't have kind of... yeah not stolen you six moment because he did try and highlight it but it was more of a saving face speech about yeah. himself um but his, his emotions come out and sometimes in, in, in actually i said to my parents he looks like he's drunk but when he was walking and that would he's obviously not drunk that's that adrenaline that passion that raw emotion that we all have within us we just maybe have not ever expressed it because we haven't been pushed to the limits he was pushed to the absolute limit and it exposed itself yeah, can't sure. remember what I point I was trying to make, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, the other fun news is that in six days' time, we've got, I think, KSI's fighting. There you go. That's oh, the other big don't fight. Even. So... <laughs> anyway, but we won't go into that. No, but um, I'm actually, yeah. right, so I'm actually, I probably shouldn't even say this, but I'm booked to cover that. Really? Yeah. I'm not going wow. to the fight night because I've got a christening the next day. I was trying to do my fight research. I can't not get annoyed by these YouTubers. Do you know what I mean? Like, it will be entertaining. It was last time. But I just don't share the same respect and I haven't got the same interest. That's all I'm trying to say. And I'm I, like, what I will... me and my friend Nick the other day were saying, right, so my, my friend Nick, he also works in boxing world, in media. And I was chatting to him about it I was, and there was a girl who's like an OnlyFans girl who was at the Sheffield fire. I've forgotten her name, but she's trained alongside Ebony Bridges. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I said... Why boxing? Why do all these YouTubers, like celebrities, OnlyFans, all of these people who are now doing it, why are they, why boxing? It's like one of the, it's I've arguably the hardest sport, one of the most dangerous sports that there is. Why don't they all do a relay or go for a swim? Like, I don't understand why they're all doing boxing. And I feel like there is, there is positives about it because it does get more people into the sport. Like, for example, the Olympics, right? 
you always see an uptake of people trying new things. So I understand highlighting the sport and there has been a, a growth because of it. But I also think it takes the mick a bit out of the sport and out of the boxers who put their whole life, blood, sweat and tears into it. When you just want to go, oh yeah, I want to think I'm going to have a fight with Swarm, do the rapper and oh, yeah, I'm going to have two fights in one night. <laughs> I watched a KSI video and I couldn't even sit through it. It was no- annoying me so much. That's all I've got to say on the matter. Go on. To be fair, Hope, I mean, <laughs> I can't disagree with lots of that. I think it's probably a bit of toxic masculinity. There's lots of elements to it. But what I will confirm and what I will say is that I didn't choose to not watch Joshua use it because I don't like them or whatever. No, that was simply because I thought it was unfair. And also, to be fair, I didn't mention also, for those listening, in case people are going to like be offended or whatever, I was going to go to work very early. I had to get up because my parents left to go on holiday at 4am. So I had to get up. Oh, get well, they They've gone to Ibiza for a couple of days, so there you go. Uh, yeah, Legends! I know, but anyway, so they've gone hey, to Ibiza. Your so- mum is never at home. She's always, she's a jet setter. She loves it. She's always Charlie's away. Oh, a jet setter. That was, that was the thing I didn't say. That was the thing that annoyed me, right? And this is the th- another comment I was going to make earlier, which I didn't get onto because I know we took a different route. What annoys me about Boxing Hope, and the reason why I didn't watch it also, and this is the main, the main reason overall, right? This is my issue with boxing, is... It doesn't start at a normal like starting at 11 p.m. is not helpful for the general. Like I need to sleep. Like I'm I'm an old man. Like I'm not good at this whole let's stay up till 1 a.m. and then no. Like let's kick off at eight. Let's get it going. I know they've got millions of undercards to do. They start at what... six. Yeah, but like, but fight. But also, I will say, I will say, the card wasn't that full because they started at six. But you should have seen. I mean, big up Dave Coldwell and Fraser Clark and Lawrence Coley and Anna Woodhouse, eh? name the whole sofa well done who were doing sky sports they were like doing like chatting on the sofa to fill in space right oh i said to my dad i went gosh she's gonna do a lot of filling because she was obviously the lead anchor yeah they done really well to fill the time but if they they should have started it later or moved it earlier so that it was more squished because it was just like come on yeah. Do you know what but, I mean? But exactly, and this is my problem, Hope. You know, ringing the bell at 10.54, whatever the time was, my issue with that is that if they said, right, the, f- the fight begins at half nine, I'm going game on, fine. An hour, an hour and a half, cool. Because it starts at 11, that puts me off. And truth, that is the truth. The main reason, and I didn't reset it, but the main reason why I didn't watch it is because it's too late. Like, for me, someone that say, has you to go to work. You need your beauty sleep. I can't, and I can't roll with the let's start at 10.54. That if hair isn't going to grow like it does <laughs> if like, you don't get your zeds. But I, what I was going to say was, so it wasn't that, but what I can confirm, if there was a fight that I'm definitely not going to watch, it's the one in six days' time, and that's a guarantee, exactly as you've said. So if there's one that I'm not going to be tuning into, it'll be the YouTuber fiasco. But anyway. Also, and if, if KSI and any of the lads or, or ladies who are going to be on that card, um, if I ask you for an interview, please ignore what I've said in this. And please know I'm a big fan. I want to chat to you and get all that content. <laughs> I don't think I've got the same level of respect. Do you know what I mean? I'm looking forward to the 3rd of September, though, because I'm going to Liverpool for Liam Smith. And then following that, I'm going to go to the first UK all-female card where Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall battle it out for all of the belts to be undisputed. That is going to be a good fight. Anyway, we need to wrap because I've got an interview of a boxer in one minute. Oh, well, we need to go. Right, well, hope. Lots of love. Have a good week, everybody. And we'll speak to you again soon. Lewis, love you loads, as always. I hope you have a wonderful evening. Thank you, Hope. I hope you do too. See you in a bit. Sports Social Podcast Network.